and gentlemen, boys and girls, we proudly present this podcast to you in all its glory. They are the bearded wonders, the twin sons from different mothers. He is Blake. He is Sal. And together they are the Blake and Sal Show. And if you're not okay with that, I have two words for you. Stay tuned. Carry on my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no more. Hello everyone and welcome to the Blake and Sal Show with Mark, episode number 441. I'm your host Blake, and I am not changing my Zoom background yet, and I'll explain why in a few minutes. <laughs> Bring on my co-host. First of all, the man who's had one of the most up and down weekends I've seen in a long, long time. <laughs> the Biggie Sal Podcasting. Sal, how you doing? <laughs> Yeah, what an interesting week this has been. Yeah, I'd say interesting, like, 48 hours. Like, <laughs> we'll get into it all. It's been a crazy 48 hours for you, for sure. <laughs> yes. Okay, and let's bring on um, our other co-host, the man who made the legend of man. who's a little under the weather today, recovering from a medical issue, but he's here with us. It is Mark Dad. How you doing? Doing well. Doing better. Getting stronger. Mm-hmm. God, I almost sound like Rocky. Anyway... <laughs> Um, I'm, before we get started in this, I want to wish everyone out there. Well, Dad, a, the show is airing after Thanksgiving. We went through this last week. No, no, no. Just <laughs> let me know. I want to wish everyone a good week. Stay upbeat. Stay positive. No. And, uh, no. We'll no. <laughs> as, as, Mandy, no. as Mandy says, we're watching commercials. And, other, and like TV shows, don't tell them what to do. Don't tell them what to do. <laughs> I hate this all the time. Oh, like, oh, don't oh, tell them what to do. Okay. okay. All right. Fine. So, um, first of all, music in the background. For those who watch Full Gear this week, <laughs> you know why this is funny. You, you know why we played this. And, some... and, and for the rare one that was in attendance. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to that in a little bit. But this is um, Candace Carry On We Were Sun, which, by the way, for the longest time, and apparently I'm not the only one thought the name of this song was Carry On, You Wayward Son, not On Wayward Son. I thought it was a different list. <laughs> I thought this song no, for the longest time until, until this week. Yes. Didn't know that. So anyway, and by the way, I'm not the only one. This came up on a lot of wrestling podcasts this week. So <laughs> it made me feel a little better about myself that I wasn't the only one to do that. Google so, the song. Well, it's on Spotify. That's how we're playing it here. So let me turn this off. Um, first of all. It's, it's funny, because I, I, we were recording earlier than normal, and we'll explain in a minute. I, and I have this really crazy sun glare coming off where I'm sitting, because normally when I when I get to my seat and where I'm sitting in the kitchen, usually it's like an hour from now, and the sun has moved. 
and not where it is right now. So that's why I'm, if you're looking at the zoom call, I'm moved back a little bit because if I move forward in my normal spot, I have the sun right in my eye. <laughs> I, move, I even moved the laptop over to still not, it's still not helping. So. And I thought it was because your future was so bright you had to wear shades. No, no, no. It's just, I mean, it because of the way the sun is at this hour, it's blurring right into my spot in my chair. So. Okay. Anyway, um, Sal, you're one of the reasons we're recording early. What the fuck's going on with you? We'll talk about the good stuff in a little while, but I, I we, we, drive, we address everything else on this damn show. What the hell happened to you this weekend? <laughs> um, so Sunday evening, uh, I was um, actually I was in my room getting changed, uh, putting my PJs on, and getting ready to relax and watch some football. And I heard a noise, but I didn't think anything of it because where I live is pretty noisy sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mom comes running upstairs, and then she's like, your car, your car, it's on the sidewalk. And I'm like, on the sidewalk? What the hell are you talking about? And uh, I go outside, and uh, there. so it was, a, it was a two-part event. Part one, uh, this drunk driver driving a pickup truck <laughs> sideswiped three cars and T-boned me, and reversed to flee the scene i guess i was too drunk to realize he didn't cut the wheel and slammed my car a second time fuck i didn't know that part i didn't know that part yeah Yeah. and then reversed again and then finally cut the wheel and drove away and then part two was about two three blocks up the road where he sideswiped another six cars and was arrested because uh, I think I heard that his truck flipped over, so oh, he really Christ. couldn't go anywhere. Irony, how about that? So today, I'm gonna go look at a new car. Yeah, so that's why we're starting a little earlier than normal. For the fact that I'm well, funny part is we usually, for those who are wondering, because it is Thanksgiving week, we're actually doing an afternoon show. We could have probably moved tonight, but it's Thanksgiving week, so we couldn't do that. And um, I, I'm like, well, we usually go at one. But, like, with move to noon, so you can take up your car. And I'm like, I got home from work early. I'm like, you want to go a little earlier since I'm home? It's like, let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> they were not as much of a time crunch and rushing at the end of the show as we would be if we were in our normal time slot. So, let's do this then. Let's get into things. Um, we have a lot to talk about. So, help support the show. Find out the topics you can find the show and the products we work on at theblackesthouseshow.com. And as all the run sheet apparently now says, sell housing, go. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you can buy our shirts, stickers, hoodies, uh, brand new cars, and more <laughs> from our Team Public store. They really expanded their assortment. Obviously. Uh, click, on, <laughs> click on the Team Public link on our website or go to Team Public and search the Blake and Sal Show. Does the new car come with bubble wrap? Um, I think I will be adding that as a bonus extra feature, just in case. You know what? We do that for CJ's new phone. That's what we need. I that's something I dealt with this morning. I had to go. We, we had to get him a new phone because he 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 broke his screen. Happens. Oh, no. But then he threw his phone in an, in a really strange situation. He bounced off his bed and hit his window and broke the screen more. <laughs> so I had to but get a I had to get a replacement phone, and I just ran to Z-Mobile before. I got home today to change the SIM cards, and now he has a phone for now. But we're but the, the whole thing with Christmas time, like his next phone is going to be an iPhone. I'm like, and we were joking with Daddy, he has to get bubble wrap for the next phone because <laughs> yes. he's getting an OtterBox case. So anyway, all items actually available. But Sal, if all else fails, get a sticker, throw it on your new car for the show. There's a whole shit ton of them. So and if it all fails, the Pride one's up there too, just our normal logo. So <laughs> all right. Um, well, let's get a break. We'll come right back. 
All right, so funny part about when I, we go to break, I don't know the commercials we play. A lot of times I listen to the show back the next day just to make sure the audio sounds good, especially with the music and everything. And they're like, I do that one week. Because one week I actually had to go back and fix the show. But um, looking back, and I guarantee there's some Black Friday commercials going on right now as this goes on. I think that's pretty funny. That we're going to be like real commercials now that the political season's over. <laughs> Forms to the man. Yeah, I, that's pretty funny to probably hear. So anyway. Black as, Friday sales? Oh my God. As always. Um, go pick up, picking of Black Friday sales, go to Amazon, store the Black Friday sales, and Saturday Monday, and pick up I Know I Am. Mandy's book, available in English and Spanish, also Barnes & Noble and Tap Publishing. So go do that. And, this will be the last time I do this till our year-end show. So, the, um, because of the really crazy recording schedule, the, um, the polls are closing early. For the Blake and South Show Awards. So please go vote right now. You got about a week to go vote and finish up the voting. The vote has actually been fun because it's going places I did not expect. So it's actually a lot of fun. So go okay. do that and um, we'll get the results at the end of December for our year end show. So there you go. I'm becoming way too good at that. The music just ended as I finished that. Uh, <laughs> you're way too good at that. Speed reading. No. I'm getting, I mean, I'm getting way too good at that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so anyway, we. Um, Let's get into things. I want to get a few items out of the way before we get to wrestling. First of all, um, we we've been we've been having a weird situation with celebrity deaths on the show. On the early in the pandemic, we were like hitting them every single week, and we we spent like forty five minutes on celebrity deaths some weeks. It was kind of nuts. Um, but the problem is a lot of our a lot of celebrity deaths have been on our off weeks, and we haven't. And when we come back from our breaks, I don't want to want to cover them because it's like old news by then. No offense to like yeah. Angela Lansbury and like Kevin Conroy. I was like, I kind of forgot. I actually, forgot to put Kevin Conroy on the run too. I was like, I just forgot because originally John was supposed to be on the show last week. And that would have been perfect to bring up Kevin Conroy with John here. And then I completely forgot to put him back on the run sheet. No. But anyway, um, this week, this one kind of hit me hard. Really hit me hard. Um, yeah. And let's do this because I was actually able to find this on Spotify. Thank you whoever put the original Mighty Morphin Power Ranger soundtrack on Spotify, by the way. Whoever did that, that's awesome. Because uh, all the old, like, really lame 90s music is on here. I love it. I absolutely love it. But anyway, so out of nowhere, completely out of nowhere, I get a message. You sent to me after you texted me. It was, what was it? On Saturday, on Sunday morning. On Sunday morning. You text me that you saw a report that Jason David Frank, also known as the Green Ranger, the White Ranger, et cetera, et cetera, there's a list of rangers he was, um, committed suicide. And I did not, not that I didn't believe you, it was just like, it came out of nowhere and I didn't see it anywhere. I did not see it anywhere. I'm like, I'm not, gonna, I'm going to take your word for it, but you were also driving. I didn't, I didn't see anything official. That's why I was questioning it because yeah, yeah I saw a lot of uh, tweets about it, but yeah, like no news outlet said anything. So it was like kind of hard to believe at first. So I'm so, with you on that. So I jumped on Twitter. And um, yes, we're still on Twitter, and we'll I'll get to that in a minute. I'll talk about that in a minute. But we're still on Twitter, and I go on Twitter, and I follow the thread, thread, and I find official sources, like people that I know for a fact, or like through comicbook.com and things like that. That people are legitimate sources. We find out that Jason David Frank committed suicide at age forty-nine. And I'm not gonna lie, this one hit me hard. I didn't expect it to hit me hard, but I, as I told CJ, because actually I went to Christian immediately when I found out, confirmed the news. Because what people don't realize is one summer when Christian was younger, he needed something to watch. And he found Power Rangers, the original show on Netflix. 
And this is when Netflix had every single series on there. Every single one. And he binged the entire run of Power Rangers during the summer. The entire <laughs> run. Like, every single Sawtelle episode from all, like, 15 seasons, he watched the entire thing. So, when I say Power Rangers to him, it's a big deal. He loves this show. So, for those who don't know my history of Power Rangers, I used to watch Disney Afternoon. Well, Disney Afternoon would lead into, I'd jump over to Fox and watch Power Rangers over on Fox right after the Disney Afternoon. And I watched it every day. Yeah, I love this show. And um, obviously, Jason Rings with Tommy Oliver. Probably one of the best storylines of the first season was the Green Ranger storyline. I love that storyline. It's great television. Mm-hmm. Oh, but this one hurts. This one really hurts. Um, unfortunately, we never got to meet him at a con because the way our con schedules worked all the time, we always ended up at cons on days he wasn't there. Oh, yeah, so, it never worked out for us. I would love to met the guy. Oh yeah. my God. I would love to meet him. At least I shake his hand. I, if, I, if I didn't have the money to take a photo with him, I would just, just to meet him. I would have loved to have done that, but never got a chance to, but this really hit me, hit me hard. Um, Sal, thoughts? Um, you know that saying, you don't really know what somebody's going through until it's too late? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah, exactly, and, same yeah. here. Same thing. I'm hearing details, and it's not good. <laughs> details I'm hearing aren't good. Um, I mean, I didn't even, like, hear anything about what he was going through. I, I heard some stuff. I heard some new stuff this morning, and it ain't good. Yeah. <laughs> I heard this morning. Yeah, you're gonna have to tell me that later because yeah. uh, I'm kind of curious to know what's going on. But yeah, no, it was just somebody that's so beloved and admired, and he has a, an incredible fan base, and it's it it's sad. It makes me sad, you know. It's you have everything you want in life, and you have the world, and it's not enough to make you happy and that's very very upsetting yeah it's one of those things where i because he's so young and we're all around like you and me obviously we're in the same dad older than us but like most of the people who want to know our show are all we're all around the same age and like yeah. we all grew up with power rangers even if you didn't watch the show you knew it you knew what it was yeah. like it was a it was a it was a cultural thing everyone knew what it was um dad your thoughts on this situation yeah, i remember uh Amanda and Kyle watching it and I mean getting actually into the series mm-hmm. and the actors that auditioned for the original series uh yeah they they all connected uh some came with different skills uh, martial arts uh acrobatics things like that. but but they all gelled a, a, as as a family um Jason uh Jason he even went on after other Power Rangers kind of fizzled out and other storylines came in like Dino Fury uh and things of that nature so he was able to reinvent mm-hmm. himself for, exactly. for the character mm-hmm. in, in in different in different phases of Power Rangers going through different decades things of that nature and for how long the show has been on including still today i mean was it over 25 years at least at the minimum and and uh the thing that struck me about this young man is the positivity that he basically 
his character portray on TV and the message he, he basically gave out to kids. Uh, you know, and it was the never say die attitude, no pun intended. Um, and that's what I take away from him from this whole thing is that thinking out of the box and reinventing himself and, and adding different things and seemed like a creative uh, young man, uh, family man, uh, uh, the loss that his family and kids have. I, I mean, I, I can't imagine, but I mean, keep his family and his kids in, in your prayers uh, because they're going to need that, that shoulder to lean on. So, I will say this, and it's going to be really lame, but I don't, I don't care. May the power always be with you, Jason. Miss, miss you popping up randomly on random, random like, all of a sudden, here's Jason and Frank, and another power in your show. It randomly pops up, and it was always fun to see. But, rest in peace. Um, and for those out there, and I made sure I put this in the notes, um, if you need help, and this actually has become so much easier now than it has been in the past, if you need help, if you have any problems, the official suicide crisis line is now... Just call or text 988 in the U.S. It is one of the simplest ways to reach out for help. So go do that if you need anything. I, I personally have a friend of the show who called a suicide hotline and actually saved his life. So straight up, I, I, yeah. I'm not going to tell a story here, but like, no. close friend of the show, he did do that, and I'm proud of him, and we've you talked know, about it. So I just want to throw that out there, and we'll move on. You know, it, it, no matter what problem you have in life, Talk to somebody. Exactly. Anybody. Just talk to somebody. Exactly. So, all right. Let's move on. Um, one other thing I wanted to bring up, because I, I would literally... So, the, these news stories just kind of drop in your lap out of nowhere. Sometimes. Yeah. Out of the blue. So, Sunday night, you're dealing with your car situation. And we had... By the way, joking, we were joking. Me and Sal text all the time. We never talk on the phone. We never, ever talk on the phone. And we talk on the phone like three times on Sunday. We never do that. That shows how crazy of a day it was. That shows how crazy of a day it was. I think, I think last year... Combined. Last... <laughs> combined. I don't think yeah, so like three times in one day was a lot. A lot for us. <laughs> for two people that text all the time. But um, anyway. And then we... Yeah, so there's like no need to really like talk on Exactly. Time. We text all the time. So anyway. Um, so Sunday night, I'm literally about to go to bed. And Mandy looked, Mandy's looking at her phone. We're getting ready for bed. I'm just getting everything ready. I put my phone in. And all of a sudden, she's like, did you hear the news out of Disney? I'm like, no. Did not hear anything. I, I, I Nothing popped up on my phone, so I didn't know anything about it. It's like, apparently Bob Chapek just got fired. Like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Uh... Time out. What happened? Like, no, no, this is this is too big a news to drop on me. Like, what just happened? <laughs> So, Wish you well on your future endeavor. So, okay, for those who missed this story, the last two years has been, well, kind of hellscape in the Disney landscape. I've never seen such hell for a CEO since Michael Eisner was ousted. Um, <laughs> so Bob Chapek took over about Bob Iger back in, during the pandemic, early 2020. And um, because Bob Iger was retired. He retired. He was done. And yeah. um, for those who don't know Bob Iger's history, he has an unbelievable book out that I, I listened to during the pandemic. It is one of my favorite books I listened to during the pandemic. Absolutely fantastic. Especially if you like the behind the scenes of Disney. It's a great book. But, um, so Bob Chapek stepped into the role. And if everyone's noticed, the prices of everything's gone up on the Disney road. And it's not just a recession. They're trying to make more money because of the pandemic. And things have gotten really out of hand. So, apparently, the quarter the quarter numbers came in and they plummeted for the stock. 
<laughs> like badly. Badly. <laughs> my Nike laugh. So, um, the news came down that Bob Chaytek was released from Disney as the CEO, and all of a sudden, Bob Iger is back in power. Who the hell is from that one coming? Like, I, I did not see that coming. I have um, a feeling he's just like a. Yeah, like a transitional thing. Which is fine. He's going to be in place for at least two years, from what I'm hearing. So they have two years to figure something out. So are does it mean the employees have, how can I put it, a better outlook on things now? I'd say yes, because immediately yeah. Bob Chapek's right-hand man got fired like immediately as soon as Iger took over. Like, immediately. So, <laughs> so now Iger's in charge again, and I, I'm interested to see what happens next. <laughs> I'm still a part of that Facebook group of uh, Disney cast members, uh, past and present. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And when this news broke, um, it, there was a lot of uh, a lot of happiness. I believe going it. On. I believe it. I saw it from a bunch of my from Disney friends that I have two podcasts, and everyone's going crazy. So <laughs> does that mean yours now happier? No, I wouldn't say that much. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I wouldn't go that so, far. <laughs> here's, here's, no offense. Maybe I'm looking at it from there. <laughs> What does this do to Disney's cinematic universe? Um, not much. I think from what I've heard, this is going to help Disney Plus big time. It's going to help that scene. Apparently, Disney Plus numbers have gone down, despite it being one of the top things in the world. It's gone down because people aren't happy with the content at all. There's not much on there. I mean, how many times are you going to watch the same, you know? Like, for instance, when we we get off the call... I'm going to be, after I work out in, I'm going to watch the new Mickey Mouse documentary that dropped today. I'm really looking forward to that. I'm really excited for that documentary. Yeah. But how often do I say that sentence? I'm really right. excited for something to drop at Disney Plus. Like, I haven't said that in a while. Maybe not since Andor started. And I have not said that. Like, I, I, I also heard that there were some, the Marvel shows that, that were made for Disney Plus that aren't returning. One of them being She-Hulk. They're not investing. Which in is weird, because that was such a popular show. I'm very surprised about that one. I'm very surprised um, and some others, so maybe now with new blood that things may get retooled. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Um, I was a quick note, Disney-wise, it's not Malarantia, but I wanted to bring it up. I did watch the uh, Elton John concert. Oh, watch is a relative term. I had it on in the background like a concert album while I was driving around for work. But still, uh, I had it on. <laughs> I was, there was no way I was going to sit and watch a two-and-a-half-hour concert. I didn't have the time to do that, so I watched it. How long was it? Oh, two hours. About two hours. Okay. It's really okay. good. It's, it's really a lot of fun. Um, a couple of notes I will make. Number one, somebody's got to figure out how the hell Disney mic this crowd. Because holy shit, I heard the crowd better than at some wrestling shows. Like, holy crap, this crowd was, was mic'd so fucking well. Like, it was amazing how well the crowd was mic'd. For a live yeah. broadcast, it was really, really good. Um, yeah. Number two, you... Elton John, yes. He's a very, I took it in the context of he, it's not going to be perfect. He's old. This is his retirement show. It's not going to be absolutely perfect. It's like when Billy Joel finally hangs it up and he does his final Madison Square Garden show and they, they film it and they put it up. It's going to be, not going to be perfect. It's not going to be perfect. But you know what? He's still one of the best piano players in the history of the planet. <laughs> like, let's be honest here. And he, he sang so fucking well. It was so entertaining. The only issues I had, number one, I felt bad for Kiki D. I felt so bad for Kiki D. Because how long has it been? Because apparently the reason Kiki D was there is because the last time they were in the Grand Daughter Stadium, she did Don't Go Break My Heart with him. Well, it's been 20 years since that happened, and she did not belong on that stage. I'm sorry. I, I don't want to disrespect. I understand the point. It was a tribute thing. It did not work for me. And the other thing that didn't work for me, and this is going to sound crazy, 
Go ahead. Because I know Sal was really weird that Britney wasn't on this. Dia Lupa did not belong there. She did not belong on this show. Uh, for me. It didn't work for me. It was the encore performance. It came off the, It didn't work for me. Because what happened was, you have all this stuff. The the first, the show ends, you know, the show ends, you know how encores are. The show ends yeah, yeah. with this massive fireworks spectacular going on around Dodger Stadium through a Saturday Night's Right for Fighting. The place is going absolutely nuts. Okay. And then and then Elton comes out in a robe with a Dodgers logo on. It's one, it was the most, most, one of the weirdest things I've ever ever seen. So I was only at a stoplight. I look over. He's in a bathrobe wearing a Dodgers logo on. It was so bizarre. It was very it was very like you have It was crazy. And he walks wearing that. And then the Lupa walks out, looking stunning. Don't get me wrong, absolutely stunning. But the age difference was bizarre. Like it was bizarre to see on screen. It was absolutely bizarre. Like creepy bizarre. <laughs> it was creepy bizarre. And because kind of, like, kind of stalker fetish, it was thing. very strange. And and then you have the song played, but everything else has been played live. Like everything else has been played on piano, full band, or craziness. But because of the song that it is, you don't have a full band for it, and you have to play the backing track. It, it did not feel right compared to everything else going on on the show. It just didn't work for me personally. It didn't work for the people. It didn't work for me. Like, he did, by the way, shout out Britney, by the way, after yeah. that song. But, like, it just didn't work for me. The rest of the show, though, was great. Like, I thought it was a great concert. I mean, definitely watch it if you have a chance or have it in the background. Like, put it on in the background when you doing stuff. It's definitely but, one of those cool things you can have on in the background when you're doing other things. The, the man has made his own legacy. He has uh, music that is unforgettable. Uh, he's a showman. And people are saying, I, from what I heard after they saw it, they go, yeah, he's not going to retire. Okay, people. No, no, here's no. The, thing. the way we're, this we're, show ended. He, he's the way this. He, he, he's he's getting not only up there in age, but he's also, you know, more concerned on his health because of his family. So I mean, a good entertainer knows when to say when. Let me say, let me just comment on that. The way this ended, the way he sent went out, he's done. He's going to finish up the UK leg. Mm-hmm. But that was what he said. He, this is the last North American show. He's going to finish up the UK leg, and then he's done. The way he went out, the way this show ended with um, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, and the way they ended it, mm-hmm. oh, it's over. It's done. This was definitely the end. You could just, It mm-hmm. felt like the end. Like It felt like it when it was over. And that's a good thing. Like, that's what it's supposed to feel like when it's over. It felt like it was over when it was over. So that's a good thing. You know what I mean? Like, so, for those who were wondering that, like you said, but no, trust me, once you watch this special, you know it's over. When it's over, all right. The man has nothing. The man has nothing to prove to anybody. He's done everything, and he's got "Sir" to his title. True. What 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 more do people expect out of this man? By the way, he did mention this is the first Disney live Disney Disney Plus stream that like live stream that wasn't Dancing with the Stars. This is the first time they ever did something like this, like full length concert. Like, and it was really well done. Like, I was impressed. Anyway, one last thing. Last week we ended the show. Because we were watching the Devils game going on as we were actually doing the show. And um, when we left you, um, the Devils had taken the lead. And then when we were, while I was editing the show, they tied, the game got tied. And then the Devils won in overtime. Like, while I was editing the show. Like, it was a, it was a crazy act, 20 minutes. It was absolutely insane in the last, in the last week's show. So and then. for those keeping score, how many games is that? We are now, as of this recording, because people hear it, it'll be Friday. So, hopefully, mm-hmm. you can extend it. But as of today. 
13-game winning streak. They are on, and that is a franchise record. They are on a they have tied the franchise record. And if they win tonight, and then this is Wednesday, as people recorded, obviously we said that earlier because Thanksgiving is tomorrow. Wednesday, tonight, we're playing Toronto. They're at home. They win. They break the franchise record and move on Saturday night against Washington. Ironically, the last team that beat them. They're the last team that beat them with the Washington Capitals. They're playing them this weekend. So that's intriguing to me. By the way, Sal, did you realize, and this is brought up on the Nuts podcast right before I came out from the Nuts podcast, and the 17th game, if they get to 17, and that's the NHL record for those wondering, it's against the Rangers. Well, <laughs> if we get there, if if we get there, if we get there, if we get there, the Washington game scares me. It's the Washington game that legitimately scares me. You know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> if, if we get past Washington, if we get to 16 straight, the Rangers game is 17 in the Garden. Oh, even in even the more. garden. So there you go. That's why I throw that out there. But more importantly, before everything happened to Sal on Sunday, the Mr. Exhausted went to full gear the night before, went to an autograph signing. Sal, tell everyone about this experience you went to on Saturday, on Sunday. Yeah. So Sunday before the Britney three was brutally murdered, um, I took a little drive and I got to meet uh, Nico Heischer. The captain of the New Jersey Devils, for those who don't know. Very awesome. The, the guy who was drafted number one in Chicago. But if you want to hear that story, go back to that show. That, that, I'm not telling that story here now, but go back to that podcast back in, when that happened. But yes, now that was really – how was the crowd? Like, how was everything going? From what I've heard, it was a really cool experience for people I've, I've read about. So the, the um, Sports Minded Unlimited, and I apologize if I have that wrong, um, was the location. And they do a lot of these autograph signings um, at least – one every month at least uh, at minimum um it's a very small place so obviously there were a lot of people a lot of standing outside especially in the cold um but it was extremely well organized as somebody who used to do this at a previous job uh it was very well organized um everyone was friendly there were no issues they had everything you could possibly need they had everything in stock um they you know uh, you know everything that you could possibly want to purchase was just right there in the front you didn't have to like go looking for it everything was gathered together they had him i guess i guess in the front of the store but we were going in through the back of the store because they have the two entrances and um you know it was just it it was it was cramped because it's a small location but there was room Yeah, and everyone was shoved to the left of the store, which kept the right of the store open for actual customers that wanted to shop that weren't even there for the autograph signing. Um, And like I said, they they do this so often that you can really see that they have it down to a science. And, uh, you know, we, uh, a friend, I went with a friend of mine uh, and we got there an hour and 15 minutes early because, you know, we wanted to be closer to the front to get it over with faster. And when they started at noon, we didn't get into the door until about one fifteen. Wow. No. And then once we were inside, we were done within 10 minutes. Wow. So like once you that's impressive. The door, you that's were, impressive. You got through pretty quickly. Oh, that's impressive. That's really impressive. Yeah. And it was really cool to see like all the memorabilia stuff that they have for sale. And uh, the one thing that struck me, which of course now I can't remember the exact names on the list, but they had in a glass case... Um, baseball legend 
autographs all on one thing. So it was wow. like Mickey Mantle and like all these big names, That's not necessarily cool. all from the same team. And it was about, I want to say like it was only like four or five grand, which when you think about wow. it, how much that, when you have like 16, 16 names, like Hall of Fame names like that. Uh, but that was cool. And um, uh, very easy to get to also, awesome. uh, by the way. Uh, and uh, and everyone was very friendly there. The staff the staff was great. They answered questions for first timers like me that were there and didn't know exactly how things worked. Um, but no, it was great. It was a great experience. And uh, uh, I, I would like to attend another one if there's uh, somebody else that's uh, that's awesome. And by the way, the picture came out great. The picture was great. Yeah, like, the picture is fantastic because yeah, you sent me. They were great. And I will make a little. This is what it reminds me of. It reminds me of. Remember the bookstore bookends. And I think yes. it was Heather Kite that used to do all the autograph signing. That's what that sounds like to me. Like yeah. I used to sit in those lines all the time to get autographs, of wrestling autographs. And like that's where I met like Edge and Ric Flair and Stone Cold and all that right. and Lita. And like that's and those and those went fast too. Those were really easy to get through and they were organized. And like that's what that sounds like here. So yeah, yep. All right. So well, before I hit this, by the way, for, for, for people wondering on the YouTube page, I'm wearing my um, Dark Me Duck T-shirt today. Number one, it was clean, and I wanted to wear it. Number two, um, a shout out to Aaron Sparrow, old friend of the show. If you go follow him on Instagram right now, I don't know if you know the story behind this, Sal. Um, so him and him and his partner James, um, James Star, who were on this show, interviewed them a few years back, and um, they got released from Boom Comics. They used to do Boom Comics to do Dark Me Duck, and they got released. And replace a new people. So Aaron Sparrow took to his Instagram page and said, fine, we can't post any of the stuff you own, but we drew a whole bunch of stuff that you didn't buy. So we're posting it up for free on our Instagram page. So the last week and a half, every single day, he's been posting up a new panel that him and James worked on. And they're up on his Instagram page. It has been so much fun to go through this in the last wow. week or so. It has been so much fun. And it's like one of the best FUs to corporate I've ever seen. <laughs> it's a great thing to watch. It's so much fun. Especially if you're a fan of the Boo Comics. It's like tied in storylines from the Boo Comics. It's really, really cool. <laughs> it's, it's the old saying, you know, it's like, never show all your hands. Yeah, so well done. It's still going on. I saw another post this morning, actually. I was actually getting up this morning. I saw another post up there. So it's actually really fun to see Arrow do this. So shout out to him and go over to his Instagram page right now. And look at that. So as of, as for that. Did somebody call for the nature boy Ric Flair to come on here and say a thing or two? Apparently, you all deserve this. Under the sea. Under the sea. Oh, what a rush. 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 Akuna Matata! What a wonderful phrase! Stop! Listen! Because. Because. Because! I am Lance Catamaran. Motherfucker, I love professional wrestling. Hey, Sally, this guy, I just got to release. Um, Zach Wilson's not starting on Sunday. For the Jets. Oh. He's not starting. It just came out from ESPN a minute ago. But it just broke. So, anyway, unrelated. Back, back to wrestling. Quick notes. Before we get into AEW, which I do want to talk about all that, two notes out of New Japan. Um, 
Boy, I boy, I really have to be careful with these run sheets now. Oh wow! <laughs> Out of you don't want to slaughter the name? No, no, no. Sal's messing with the run sheets now. Sal's uh, messing with the run sheets before I get to things. Uh, Hearts around some names, no big deal. Anyway, so quick note. First of all, New Japan. So we'll get to AW, but the next morning, I'm literally going through my phone. I'm going through my audio from AW, just sitting back, waking up, and listening to stuff. And I'm on my phone, and I jump on Instagram like I do in the morning, and all of a sudden I see a video. From New Japan World, saying it blocks screen. All of a sudden, Kenny Omega's on the screen. Kenny Omega has not been involved in New Japan since AEW launched, at all. No relation. As a matter of fact, New Japan was pissed at the Bucks and Kenny for how they left, and they have not been involved in anything. They were, Kenny wasn't even was not even on um, Forbidden Door. So like, it's a big deal. So all of a sudden, this video is playing. It's in Japanese, fluid Japanese, by the way, because if anyone knows Kenny Omega, you know how much he did not speak Japanese for a long time, and it's fluid, like, three-plus-minute promo in Japanese. Challenging Will Ospreay at Wrestle Kingdom on January 4th for the for the IWGP US Championship. I did not see this one coming at all at any level. I did not see this one coming. Dad? Uh, all I can say is is this it's going to be a great match it's going to be a very physical match uh and my best to both gentlemen yeah may the better man win yeah we'll talk about previewing at the end of december but sal you i know you're not new japan person but this is a shocker i did not expect this (laughs) right yeah um it was a complete surprise that he's going back even if it's just for one match um and uh yeah and it was kind of cool listening to him speak japanese and fluently. not like i knew what he was saying if it wasn't for the captions <laughs> but it was still though it was it was a fluid japanese it was really well done like it was really well done what he did there by the way for those who are wondering yes january 4th is a wednesday we're, we're aware of this that means kenny omega will not be on aw that night but that, that, that means in english he won't be on the show that night trust me does this them. mean that the relationship between New Japan and Ken Omega and Young Bucks may be slowly coming I think so. Re- I, repaired? I, I think so. I think this is a sign in that direction. Um, and the other big deal for New Japan, so for those who don't know, um, this past weekend, I haven't had to watch the show yet. Could you please stop moving your cursor around? <laughs> <laughs> for those who don't yes, know, uh, there was a, um, a big show this weekend with Stardom in New Japan. It was the first ever crossover show with two companies. I just haven't had a chance to watch it yet. But at this show, I found out the main event. It was for the IWGP Women's Championship. It's the first time I've ever said those words. It's, that never happened before. It was the first time. And formerly known as Kyrie Sane, now just Kyrie, is now the first ever women's champion for New Japan. Yay. She meet on Iwatami, who people recognize from um, from AEW, and I think also from the Mae Young Classic. She was on there as well, but Kyrie is now the IWGP Women's Championship and will be defending the championship at Wrestle Kingdom. The first woman to ever defend a championship at Wrestle Kingdom this is a very, very big deal. Um, so, Dad, your thoughts? I think this is going to be a great venture going forward, New Japan, to get women involved. Excuse me. Um, dry throat. Okay. It is because now I can see women wrestlers heading to New Japan to compete where they may have not been able to compete before. 
It's true. I'm interested. I'm, I'm interested in how this is going to work, and I can't believe there's actually a women's championship match at Other Kingdom. This is really exciting. It's really, really exciting. Sal, your thoughts on the outside looking at this? Um, yay. Yeah. <laughs> it's exciting. It really is exciting. For, for those who don't realize why this is a big deal, New Japan did not do women's matches because they have stardom and you have all these other companies, but now that everyone's under the same yeah. banner, stardom and New Japan are home by the same company now, they're starting to work together more, and that's what that to this. So it's really, really a cool thing going on. And we'll talk more about it at the end of December when we preview Wrestle Kingdom. All right. That being said, AEW Full Gear took place this past weekend at the Prudential Center at The Rock in Newark, New Jersey. And by the way, apparently someone from Let's Go Zelda Podcast was also at the show. So I thought that out today. Did not know that. Some people from The oh. Fan were at the show. WMHM from the Carton Roberts show, they went to the show. Like, there's a lot of people that I'm like, people listen to, like, all these people went to the show. Like, wow, okay. This is really cool. <laughs> Uh, Rich Fan was in attendance and all this kind of stuff. But let's talk about this. First of all, Sal, how was the atmosphere in the building? Like, it sounded crazy at home, but, like, was it sell out? Was it, the building sold out? Like, how was the venue? How was everything there? The building was legitimately sold out. Um, I did not see one empty seat at all. Um, atmosphere was great. Uh, very upbeat. Everyone was very friendly. And, you know, I did hear that somebody did get... Uh, ejected from the arena. There was a fight. There was a fight on the hard camera. We saw we saw reactions to it on TV. It was very oh, okay. Jersey. It was very Jersey when I heard the video because there was a video that popped up on Twitter. It was the most, it was one of the most Jersey things ever because it was these two big guys yelling at each other and all of a sudden they started punching. It was, it was very very oh, Jersey. And that is why the crowd was cheering. Yeah, it was very very Jersey. It was very very funny. <laughs> I need to see that because it was kind of funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, relatively everybody was nice and um, calm, and uh, somebody brought their three-month-old baby there, which really pissed me off, and you know how I feel about that, but that's another story. True. Um, <laughs> but other than that, um, I had aisle seat, so that was that's fun. I love that kind of stuff. I love that. <laughs> I, thought was, I thought there was 20 seats in a row, and I got seats 18 and 19, and I come to find out that seat 19 was the last seat of the row. So nice! I love cool. aisle seats. I love aisle and, seats. So, and we were literally right outside the bathroom too. So, if you had to do a potty break, it was like not even a thirty second walk. That sounds like our seats. We went to AW here. Mandy pulled off the seats like right there in the bathroom, right outside our door. Like it was perfect. <laughs> so that's awesome. All right, let's get through some of the show. I'm not going to bring on the entire show. There was way too many matches and way too long. So we're not going to do that. But we are going to bring some of the important stuff. But I want to know the reaction to Danhausen because that was interesting. So for those who, so those who, we 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 really really didn't talk about it last week because like they didn't announce this match until like the last minute, and we didn't really know what was going on with this match. Well, we all knew Danhausen was adver- not advertised, but advertised at the same time. It was weirdly strange advertising. <laughs> so they have this whole ten man tag with the factory and the best friends and Orange Cassidy. By the way, how's Orange Cassidy music? Okay, okay. Before I even ask you questions. Your um your boyfriend Patrick took him to the yes. show. This was this his first show. Yes. What did he think? Um, he seemed confused at times. Okay, that's what I was wondering. I'm like, how did he feel as, going into this? As one as one would at an AEW show. Um, yeah, I was wondering. I meant to ask that question first. Did you, did you have to kind of <laughs> explain to him the yes. Because <laughs> I was just thinking, I'm like, I say Art Cassidy, and I'm like, how is the sing along with Jane? And then I'm like, wait a minute. There's a lot of sing-alongs and weird shit going on during the show. How did Patrick react to this stuff? Because I want to know. Like, there's a lot of weird shit going on throughout the show. I had to fill in a lot of the uh, the holes. Yes. Okay, I was just wondering. No, no, that's what she said. Anyway. Um... Wow. Wow. Anyway. So, so we're watching the yeah. pre-show. 
And we knew Dan Helton wasn't out there yet. And we're trying to figure out why he's not out there yet. Um, and by the way, we did think of you immediately because we have the art cast music is first. And I'm like, oh shit. And Mandy's like, Sal must be so happy right now. <laughs> so happy. Nice. But anyway, so um, all of a sudden, we get to the music, and all of a sudden, they're doing the stomping, the, the stomping thing that they did to Dan Housen, and all of a sudden, the, mu- the lights go out, and this weird demonic music hits, and out comes Dan Housen to this ridiculous, insane pop. <laughs> what was that like in the crowd? Like, that was insane on television. Uh, with a jar of teeth or whatever, right? Yeah, it was teeth. It was teeth. A jar of teeth and a spike. I don't know what the hell that was. That was weird. <laughs> Because we're, I was like kind of sitting there and I'm like, all right, well, we obviously all know who this very nice, very evil mystery partner is. I mean, it was, I mean, there was literally no mystery about it. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, did he, wait, did he come out with them and they didn't play his music? And I'm like, looking around, I'm like, wait, I don't see him. I just got really confused. And then I thought maybe something happened backstage and we missed it because they didn't really play a lot on the big Jumbotron. Right. Mm-hmm. They played on the screens on the stage and I was like so kind of far over that it was really hard for me to see what was on those screens right and um and then all of a sudden yeah when the when the lights went dark i was like oh here he is and then like that weird music hit and i'm like wait that's not him is it (laughs) here there he is with his new uh face paint that he had oh yeah so funny part of the picture it was a mask over his face paint he put a picture up on his Instagram page. He, it was him wearing a Dan Housen mask over the Dan Housen makeup. <laughs> okay. It was hysterical. When he came down the ramp, he came with authority and a purpose and a focus. And I'm going, wow, man, I like this edgier Dan Housen. I really enjoyed it too. I like that really. Worked. Then later, we still got the goofy Dan Housen later. With him and Art and Kathy in the background scene wearing an oversized jacket for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> that was really strange later you on, know, too. <laughs> and the quote you gotta give the people what they want. Yes, they do. do. Um, okay, well, other thought from the pre show I want to bring up is Eddie Kingston and Drew Nakarama. How was the crowd for this match? Because it was interesting to watch at home because I really enjoyed this match, but I didn't know what to make of it. And the crowd seemed to get more into it as we went. How did the crowd sound for this match? Yeah, uh, obviously loud when Eddie came out. Um, everyone was pretty confused about his opponent because not a lot of people knew about him or what the hell was going on because if they didn't watch the week before or whatever. Before, it was the night before. It was if you didn't want Rampage. If you didn't yeah. want Rampage, you were confused. <laughs> um, well, you know, it's Eddie, so you just cheer as loud as you can for him and go from there. And I, I mean, granted, I'm very hard of hearing so I honestly didn't hear a fucking word he said during his promo. Okay, so that was hilarious for us. So from, from so on the television, he grabs the mic to to thank um, Nakarama for the match, and then he starts getting really emotional, and then he is like, "How much time do I got? How much time do I got? I got, I got five. No, 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 I got five minutes. Okay, well, five oh, minutes. Somebody go live. Five minutes. Live. And then he starts running down the card. <laughs> he starts running the card, the card, and starts talking about his friends. He's, and then told he's like a pitch me. It was hysterical. And then he goes and says, and, and in the main event, my boy Moxley is going to um be MJF into the crossroad booing him. And then he looks at the crowd like, just because you like him doesn't mean he's, he's not an asshole. Oh no, look what's going on. It was so fucking funny. Then he keeps looking at the floor director. How many got? Two exactly, minutes? exactly, exactly what he was doing. The entire time and, and and ortiz in the background trying not to crack up laughing <laughs> it's, it's yeah. the of and all of a sudden the, the producer looks at him okay i gotta go exactly and then the producer looks at him 
He's like, oh, I'm out of time. Okay, bye. Drop some bacon leaves. <laughs> I was laughing so damn hard at this. People on Twitter were laughing because it was so much fun to watch live. It was hysterical. <laughs> Obviously, made better on television than it even was in the building. Because... <laughs> The right. joys of live TV. Oh my god, that was hysterical! I didn't expect that it was going to end because I was getting—I was actually getting ready to like, get the meds for the dogs, and I had to stop short and watch this ridiculous end of the pre-show. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, we opened up the show with um on TV. It was the DraftKings stuff because they were setting up the cage for the steel cage match between Jungle Boy Soros Castell. I've as we talked about last week. We've seen a couple of steel cage matches in person. From your vantage point, how was it to watch this match? It was fun. Um. It was fun, and um, it was a little hard from where I was because, you know, looking down, you kind of have, like, the top frame of the cage blocking a big chunk of the ring. So right. I, I did catch myself watching it on the big screen for a lot of it because it was just really hard to see. Um, but that last spot was really fun to watch live. Oh, my gosh. That was insane. <laughs> oh. So that, that, that was one of my favorite matches of the entire night. Was that still cage match? It was opening match, but like it was one of my favorite matches the whole night. And from I don't know how you saw it in person for us, the camera angles they were giving us, and the way things were for us, it was a star making moment for Jack Perry. Like it was him being a star. Like these are the clips you're gonna put in his highlight package when his career is over. Like that's what these clips were. Like and yeah, what made it more emotional is his sister and his mom were there. Yeah, that was really cool. That was the moment of him hugging them. You probably didn't see this because it's for TV. He hugged them after the match. And he's like bleeding on his mom. It was oh, like it was such a great God. moment. It was like wow, ridiculous amount of blood. That I was ironic that the person that had the most blood on this show was Jack Perry, not Moxley. Like who was yeah. who had that other big card going into this show? Like who said that? Yeah. <laughs> so all right, well, what? Okay. I guess you can now say you can put a, res- a little respect. On the name of Jack Perry. I, I really want to kill Mandy Rose for bringing that into Electricon and wrestling right now. By the way, I know that. Um, anywho, we'd move on to the moment we talked about at the top of the show when we played Candace to open up the show. I need to know what the hell this is like in the building because I, I have to ask because we're watching at home. The Death Triumph comes out. And by the way, so last Wednesday, CJ watched um, Dynamite with us. He hasn't been watching Dynamite regularly with us. He usually catches up on YouTube. And he had never seen the Death Triangle's entrance until last Wednesday. And he was absolutely impressed and in awe. Like, how insane this was. He loves Lucha Bros. Anyway, he loves them anyway. So watching his entrance was amazing for him. So we're watching the entrances, and they come down, and you know something's up with the champions come off first. You know something's up. And so I'll send it to you, Sal. What the hell was the atmosphere like in this building when Carry On Wayward Sun hits and the Elite are on the stage? Go ahead. Yes. Um... Very loud, uh, very excited people, and um, it was uh, it was fun. And there were I don't know if it came I know it came out during the match, but we we started that welcome back chant during the entrance. So I'm probably pretty sure you didn't hear it because of the music and stuff like that. But uh, it was fun. It was fun. We we didn't hear that that clearly because the crowd they were too busy upsetting finding people singing along with the song. That the people at home were doing it, people singing along. But the, what we did catch. Was the ridiculously loud Foxy and Punk chant that happened? Yeah. <laughs> How loud was that in building? Because that came over on TV loud and clear. <laughs> it was quick. It didn't. It didn't last that long. But uh, oh wow! Yeah. But everyone heard it. Everyone heard it at home. <laughs> Everybody heard it. And the worst. Okay, the funny part is so you didn't see this on TV. They the chant happens, and the the cameras were on the Bucks 
when this started. And then they started encouraging the chance that they had to cut away. They cut away on television. It was so weird. <laughs> Oopsie. Um, so, it shocked all of us in the Death Triangle 1. But then later on in the show, they announced this is apparently, we just watched the first match of a best of seven series for the trio yeah. championship. Yeah, we didn't know until... We didn't know either, so don't feel bad. We didn't know either. After the, uh, after the next match, I think, was when they flashed it on the screen. Yeah, we didn't know either, so don't feel bad. We weren't aware of it at home, so no one told my, us either. <laughs> my question is this. If they want to put the belts on the Elite, why go through a best-of-seven match? Well, I understand what they're doing here. And someone made a point. This is good for promoting shows. This is very good for promoting shows. Because if you notice the graphic, I sent you the graphic cell. Because obviously it flashed on your end really quickly. We got a full graphic on our end. And it's all the dates for all the matches. Every single date has a match starting this week. So they're promoting these matches. It's actually really smart. This is very like the beginning of AEW when they promoted matches like every single week in weeks and weeks in advance. Like I think yeah. this is smart for attendance. I think it's very, very smart. My issue here is why didn't... I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this because I'm not a huge fan of best of seven series in wrestling anyway. I'm not a fan of it. This is not a thing I really ever would have enjoyed. Um, the closest I've ever come was the best of five, John Cena and like um, Booker T. The closest I've ever gotten to really enjoying a series because I think they get long and boring and you know they're going to go seven. Like that's the whole thing. Like you know this is going to go seven, especially when you saw that the seventh match is going to be in California. I'm like, well, you know, this is going seven. You know, it's going to go seven now. Um, by the way, for those wondering, they did skip January 4th, obviously. It's kind of, it, this is before they announced it's going to be in Japan. So everyone's still January 4th open. They're like, what's going on? Why is January 4th open? And then we okay. found out that um, apparently there's also a, a um, AAA show going on that day. So Ray Phoenix yeah. had to go to that show, too. So it was a weird situation. But, like, yeah, that was interesting. I don't know. I'm not sure what to make of this. Just to let you guys know, last time I remember a best of seven series, and this is years ago. I can think of a couple myself, but guys, who did you come up with first? The 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 territories where you had Crockett promotion, and it was match against Magnum TA and Nikita Koloff for United States Heavyweight Championship, and they did a best of seven series. The last one I remember is actually Sheamus and Sheamus and Cesaro. And because that led to the bar, that led to the bar. So, I mean, so, like, <laughs> I, I, I'm hoping that the crowds do not get bored with. See, that match was great. Part. I thought the match on Saturday was great. Like it was so entertaining. Right. A way over, way over choreographed, but it was still really a lot of fun to watch. But right. I don't know. Can you do that seven times without getting boring? Like, can you do that seven yes, times without being repetitive? I mean, like, I don't know how you do it. Like. You're, Tony Khan is going to have to be creative on, on, on these matches. You know hey, 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 hey. Let me correct you here. Tony okay. Khan has nothing to do with how these matches are going to go. It is these six men that are going to make these matches unique. Has nothing right. to do with Tony. He might book but, the finish, but it has nothing to do with them. He had nothing to do with how that was choreographed on Saturday. He had nothing to do with both that. Both these teams are going to have to be creative on, on doing these matches so that way you're not going to lose the crowd. That's true. Sal, any other thoughts? No. Okay, let's move on. We'll just jump ahead a little bit here. They claimed. They claimed. The claim came out. By the way, so I, you sent me a message from Patrick saying he really enjoyed scissoring. Yes. But hey, it's sweeping the nation. <laughs> Why not? It's sweeping the nation. Uh, <laughs> Wait, really, other question. Did you get your foam scissor finger? 
know, I didn't see any. I didn't see any areas to buy anything. I, you, which so there, from what I heard from Rich, there was sands, but they were sold out fast during the pre-show. Wow, they were sold out really fast during the pre-show. Um, so the acclaim comes out. One of the pops of the fucking night. Like holy shit. Um, and you guys get an extra rap verse. By the way, that, that was really cool. That <laughs> was awesome. Uh, by the way, if you guys do that from now on, you do one rap where you're doing like the um the 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 stuff in the news, and then you do one rap against your opponents. I have no problem with that. I think that was actually really cool how you do that. So that's how the atmosphere for the acclaimed. Um, very loud, <laughs> very loud. Lots of scissoring. Um, good thing there were no real scissors because there'd be a lot of people bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! I it I cannot believe this got over as high and as hard as it has. Like I cannot believe it. Like it's so ridiculous that this is what got over. Like this is the most over thing that's like I have no clue how it happened. <laughs> oh my god! You got to experience it because we got to see it ourselves. But it was more of a dark match when we got the acclaim that our show was a dark match and the crowd went crazy. But this is bigger than it was then. Like this is this is huge. Um. Trevor and Glory, they were in the ring, and they broke up when this match was over. How was the crowd reaction to this? Because I, I couldn't hear by the crowd. Because we were kind of tired when this match was going on for us because it was late in the show. We were all kind of tired. But we right. popped for it. But how was the crowd reaction to Swerve and Keithley breaking up? Um, Gasps. Really? Nothing, there was, nothing crazy. Yeah, okay. it was pretty good. It was warm. But it was kind of surprising, but not surprising at the same time. So, like, one of those situations. Um... So we meet. So okay, I'll get to the Rubmans in a minute. We'll talk about Sting. Um, I almost was disappointed for you. You didn't get a Sting entrance. Although no. it's disappointed for you, but um, we're watching at home, and I need to ask because I've never been in the building for this music hitting. How was the reaction to Jeff Jarrett's My World Team music? Um, booze, <laughs> booze. I've never been in the building for that, but I've always every time you hear that music hit anywhere, it gets a ridiculous heat. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much the same. Yeah, uh, there were there were some booze going on there. Yeah, watching him on television, we we trash him all. We trashed we trashed the last week, and I know Dad does not like him, but he is such a great fucking heel. Like he is amazing at what he does. Because when you didn't, when you probably didn't see, because you're all the way upstairs, but he was playing to the front row. He's he's actually tearing people's signs. Like it was such saw, yeah. heel heat. Like it was so amazing to watch. Like this is he, people should study his heel reactions in the back. Like this is how to be a heel. Like this is what you do. Like there's no there's no pussy fitting around. You just be an asshole the entire time you're out there. <laughs> um. So we had the body bag show up, which was weird. Anytime Jeremy does anything with a body bag, I'm wondering what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Anytime Jeremy does anything with a body bag. So the body bag hits, he comes out of the body bag. And then I, I've never been in the building with situations like this. When did you realize thing was in the ring? When when it was too late because I was fixated on the body bag. <laughs> I kept thinking that I, I swear to God, I kept thinking that was Sting. By the way, that is only a sentence that works in wrestling and not looked weird. <laughs> <laughs> fixated on the body bag. It's always I'm, I'm, I'm staring at this thing. I'm like, okay, well now there's a spotlight on it. Something's gonna happen. So I'm like, I'm trying not to blink because I want to see if it moves. I want to see what the hell goes on. And then all of a sudden, like I hear this like ruckus go on, and I just look over at the ring. Oh, Sting's there. And then I and then it dawned on me, and I'm like, oh, I didn't get an entrance. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I felt really bad for you when I was watching it. I'm like, oh damn it! After all this time, it's not even a Sting entrance. <laughs> what it is is. It's an old magician's trick. The 
art of misdirecting. But yeah, exactly. It's exactly what you did. That's exactly what it was. Yeah, I was wondering how it was in the building because at home, it was the it's one of those things where all of a sudden the crowd popped on TV, but we were all on the body bag as well. And Tony Schiavone yelled, it's Sting. And that's when everyone on the television realized it. But oh, like, that was, until then, it was like, wait, what? oh shit, Sting's in the ring. Like, oh shit. <laughs> but Jeff yep. stole it so well that you didn't realize it. That was the best part until Darby started pointing. My favorite part, I don't even know if you saw this in person, but on TV, I was laughing so hard at this, was Darby pointing at Sting from the ramp. And then Jeff looking around like, what are you talking about? <laughs> that cracked me up. I'm not going to lie, that made me laugh really hard. Um, this match was a fucking crazy. Um, how Darby is not dead after some of these matches, I will never understand. Um, <laughs> um, actually, one point where Darby got thrown onto the um onto the bear, onto the um, ramp, and CJ and CJ is like, "Ow!" And I'm like, I looked at Manny, I'm like, I think that's just called Thursday for Darby. <laughs> so that is called <laughs> the spot that I thought was really bad was. Sting throwing Jay Lethal and he bounced it off the edge of the outside oh, of the ring. Yeah, that was bad. That was bad. Um, Sting, by the way, just has to find something to dive off of. That's just something he has to do now. No matter what the match is, he's got to find somewhere to dive off of. So that was interesting. <laughs> so uh, from your vantage point, what did you were you able to see? Because there was so much going on, but there were like three different places in the building. So how was it able to see for you? It was difficult because they really on on the big screen they focused on. Darby and Jarrett. So Sting and um, what's his lethal. name? Lethal. Lethal. Oh wait, lethal. And, um, and, um, and, um, and and what the hell is the tall guy's name? I can't think of his name right now. Uh, uh, Sting. 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 Yeah. I, I, I was wanting to be confused with the people like NXT now. That's why I was going to be confused. <laughs> <laughs> um, so really, like, unless you were really looking, because you know they obviously had the spotlight on them, so it was a little bit easier to see where they were. Um, they really didn't show them on the big screen all that much, so uh, unless you were like really paying attention, you didn't know what the hell was going on with those two. That that, that says a lot, though. That does say a lot. But yeah, Sting and Darby won. By the way, I was expecting a, I was I was expecting the scootle fashion. Jared hits Sting in the head with the with the uh, guitar, and then Sting no sells it like he did in TNA. I never expected um jared to hit darby in the back of the guitar and then darby just blow out like a fucking fish <laughs> I did not expect that on any level out of the coffin drop i did not see that coming <laughs> man that guitar shot left a wilt on his back wow <laughs> so that was fun and then singing darby ended up winning so we, me and you discussed this i was all bringing it on the air i think this year we're gonna talk about it on the show women's uh, matches on the show there was three women's matches on this show the problem I'm having is here, I can't remember what the fuck happened in them now. Because they were literally after things. They were kind of buffer matches. All three of them were buffer matches. The only thing I can remember is Jamie Hayter. It's sad, because I don't remember what the hell happened in the Serena Britt match. I can't remember. I don't remember anymore because it happened at the buffer match. What we was remember? You were bored. Okay, thank you. Match. I would take it to you. Take it to you with the women's matches. What was the crowd experience like for this? Because it sounded dead on our end, especially during the Serena Britt match. It was very, it was very quiet. We had a very faint welcome back chant for her. Um, it was very quiet. I mean, I, I don't know if it was just like a combination of just people were already getting tired and they were already out of energy or whatever the case was. But um, yeah, the the Soraya Brit match was very quiet. I know um, the Nyla the Nyla Jade match happened right after the Elite. That happened right after the Elite match. 
So like that, you can see where the crowd began. But outside of, by the way, I don't know if you, I don't know what you were able to see with the um, Nyler entrance with Dickie. Did you see the shirt she was wearing? No. Okay, so she was wearing an "I'm Your Mommy" shirt, which is Rhea Ripley's shirt. Which is Rhea Ripley's shirt. Oh, that's right. That's Rhea's shirt. But now I found something out about that shirt. If you buy that shirt right now, Black Friday, go buy the shirt. Rhea doesn't get the money. That goes to the Guerreros. She really? made a deal because of a tribute shirt to Eddie Guerrero that she uh, won't get the money. It'll go to Vicky. Uh, yeah, I didn't see that. I mean, obviously we saw the car. But yeah, she was wearing an I'm Your Mommy t-shirt, the Rhea Ripley t-shirt. So that was that was a cool moment. That was a really cool moment for us. And, and, and I know for, with the uh, Soraya Britman, was it me or did I think Britt was being a little overcautious not to make sure that there was going to be any type of injury? Oh, really? Like throwing her on the mat and then crashing her on her neck with being careful? I mean, it, it just, I know it seemed like it was the the pace was slow going. I don't know. That's interesting. I didn't think about it that way. Um, the only match that really got a pop was Jamie Hayter and Tony Storm. Jamie Hayter, it was almost like she's from fucking New Jersey, where that crowd was cheering for her. Like, <laughs> oh my god! Like, she, I know she's not from Jersey, but holy crap, that crowd sure treated her like a hometown hero. Uh, the only thing she didn't do was flip the table. Like, oh my god. Well, interference from Britt, yet the crowd did not give a shit. And <laughs> Jamie Hayter won the interim <laughs> women's championship. Seriously, in any other building, there's no way the hell Jamie's getting out of Asian. Like, I couldn't believe it. Like, <laughs> But Jamie won. Take us there. How is the crowd reacting to Jamie winning the title? Um, there was a big Jamie Hater fan in my row who kept screaming, sit on my face. But other than that, <laughs> um, it was interesting. It was fun. We kind of all were expecting her to win because, like I had mentioned on our preview show, you know, how Tony loves those big reactions when oh, when 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 the fan favorites win the title and all that fun stuff. So it was it was exactly what I pictured it, but it was fun. It was fun to be in that moment and, you know, I assume this is her first major well, but I've heard it's definitely her first one in the definitely first one in the States for sure. Okay. I have to look it up. I don't know anything outside of the States, but definitely in the States. For sure. Yeah. Um so that's yeah. a big deal. But that was fun. But that was nothing compared to. <laughs> so, okay, let me say something before we even get to this. Sal was sending me some videos throughout the show. And I want to bring this up now because if you don't follow me on TikTok, you should. Because I post a lot of stuff on there, especially of our podcast stuff. I post a lot of podcast stuff on there, behind the scenes stuff and clips on the show. But, like, a lot of times I'll post stuff up because I like to put the hashtags up and see what people's reactions to. And our videos of the show usually get about 200 to 300 views. Every week, I put a video up and we get about 200 to 250, 200 to 300 views on TikTok, which is good for the show because our numbers have gone up because of it. That's why I keep oh. doing it because our numbers went up. So that's really cool. So I decided I'm going to put these videos you're sending me up on TikTok live during the show. See what happens. Let's see what happens. So the first video was of the entrances of, um, of Sandy Guevara and Jericho. And then the yeah. second one was the main event. I'm looking at my TikTok right now. Keeping in mind, the last time I put up a show, last week I put up one of our show clips, it was 228 views. The two videos, the one of the main event was is almost at 700 views right now. Oh, <laughs> and the other one is at 530. And the one, the main event one is being favorited and being like liked and put in like favorite videos on TikTok things. Like it's been, it's been so oh, wow. crazy to watch people put this up. Like it's been nuts watching wow. people put this video up. Like, yeah, I have 125 likes and six people favorited it. 
Wow. <laughs> like, so it's been a crazy to watch people react to these videos. So I'll just throw that out there. If you're following me, Riley Tool on TikTok. I put a lot of podcast stuff up there. But anyway, I, you can see the videos. I, 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 have a, I have a question for Sal. And this is regarding Jade Nyla Rose. What did you think of Jade's outfit? Thundercats. Uh, I was confused at first. So I, I, I didn't really with Thundercats. I thought it had to do with Wakanda. I didn't, no. think it was, I didn't know it was Thundercats I, I, at first. I, when she came down, I immediately I, I figured out who it was. I was just going, holy crap. See, I thought it was yeah, Wakanda. Like, I, I haven't seen Wakanda forever yet, so I thought maybe it was something out of that. Like, I thought I thought it was doing it, and then I saw people well, going out on Twitter. Wasn't the last time she dressed as She-Hulk? At least that was relevant. At least that's relevant in 2022. (laughs) She was very bright, so it was very hard to miss her. And as I said to Mandy, Travis loved this entrance because there was such spectacular going on with that outfit. (laughs) Travis Bryant loved that outfit. I know Travis loves Jane. Every every kind of couple she was always... She had to readjust. She had to readjust. (laughs) It was bad. So, okay, let's get to the main event. Okay. Let's get to the main event. MJF comes out to one of the pops of the fucking night. The only thing compared might be the acclaimed. He comes out, crowd goes crazy like he's a hometown fucking hero. But again, he's he's close. You expect it. And then Mox's music hits. By the way, your video Mox's entrance is amazing because you have the screen, and I have it screen capped on the TikTok of him flipping off the screen. It's a fantastic screen frame. Fantastic screen frame. But um, his entrance. I love Mox's entrance in person. We've experienced a couple ourselves. I love Mox's entrance in person. So much fun and so much energy going on. But Mox is supposed to be the babyface in this match. MDM is supposed to be the heel in this match. The crowd didn't give a shit. And if you're watching it, it on television, they, Mox decided, I'm playing heel. Fine, I'll play heel. <laughs> I'll play heel. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> somebody, somebody slapped the Uno reverse card on the table and said, this is how it's going to be. But you know what it reminds me of? It happens at WWE once in a while where the crowd's like, Oh, you know what it reminded me a lot of? This is a great comparison. Um, anytime Cena and Edge had their feud and they went to Canada. And Cena's supposed to be the face, Edge's supposed to be the heel. The crowd flipped it. And then Cena decided, fine, I'm going to play heel that often. I'm going to play heel. That's exactly what it reminded me of. Like, that's what it reminded me of. Where, Cena, where, where Mox is like, fuck it, I'll be a heel. I don't care. And MGS playing babyface. It was such a bizarre match to watch in that perspective. Um, so from your perspective, because you had a good angle from the ring. What did you see with Regal? When did you see? When, what did you see from Regal's angle? Um, like towards the end. Yeah. What did you see? Because we were obviously for us, we had the TV cameras and they zoomed in on everything. But from your angle, you had a really good angle of the ring. So I'm just curious what you were able to see. Um, I saw him going down the ramp, and you know, weren't expecting what happened. So we're thinking, you know, with the whole ref bump situation and everything like that. Um. It just legitimately looked like he was going down there and telling Mox, because I saw him point. So I'm assuming he's telling Mox, go wake up the ref because he's down. Go wake up the ref because he's down. So from a TV perspective, just so you know what happened on TV, because we got to get the full angle of this. Um, Regal told MJF, in the match, by the way, Regal told MJF, you can't use the diamond ring. Took the, and, and, and MJF threw the diamond ring at him. Yeah. That's the first thing that. that happened. And then he literally yelled at him, if you want to win this match, wake up the ref. At the neutral box. That's his exact phrase. And then Taz is on commentary saying, he's right. Regal's right. You got to wake up the ref. You got to wake up the ref. And then continue. (laughs) Yeah. And then, um, so I'm trying not to look at the screen because, you know, I I want to witness live. You know what I mean? I don't want to watch it on TV screen. So obviously I'm very far up. So you can't really see the small details. But I saw him slide something. 
And I just knew because, you know, the brass knucks have been such a focal point of this storyline for a while. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> No way he just did that, right? Uh-huh. And then, then the crowd reaction happened. The 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 the, the screams and the gasping uh-huh. and oh my gods, and I'm like, oh my god, this really happened. So I yeah. had to look up because I needed to see what was going on. Yeah, I blame you. I can't blame you there. <laughs> and I saw on his hand, I flipped out. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe this is just happening. Well, and it was just like from then on out, like the crowd, we were just in shock. Not necessarily, well, because he won too. Yeah, let's be honest. Yeah, for the title, for the been the title, for the title. Because of how it happened too was like completely unexpected. So it's like we all knew. I mean, I knew that he was going to win. I mean, it was destined to happen. But that happening was not anywhere on my radar, and I'm pretty sure it was on nobody's radar as well. So the way it, it happened, happened, the way it happened was shocking. It was shocking, so, especially on television. Well, the big thing that happens here, big thing that happens here. I'm sitting with Mandy. CJ had fallen asleep already. He was going to watch the show the next day. He had fallen asleep already. He's going to finish watching it the next day. And Dad is, like I said, he's still not feeling well, so he's in here in his room in his chair starting to fall asleep. Mandy's half awake during the minute. Everyone wants to pay attention because it's MJF and Mox. She had not reacted to much in the last hour or so because we were really tired. But the minute that brass knucks got stood over, even she said, I'm like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> we all just say we, we all did. It was an amazing moment. Like they got us all. They got every one of us. <laughs> yeah. Dad, your reaction from your pick, and then you were half asleep too. Your reaction. I, I, to to be honest, I had to kind of like do a double take. Like, did I just see what I thought? Yeah. I <laughs> and and my whole thing is when Max. When my whole thing is, who's the crowd more angry with? MJF or Regal? Nobody at the moment. I'll find out tonight in Chicago. I don't think anyone cared in the building. They just want MJF to win. I think it felt like to me. So, so I saw CJ fell asleep before the women, before Jamie Hayter and um, Tony. Tony, so he wanted me to catch up on the show. The replay, by the way, Beach Report on the ball this time. Usually the replay is not up right away. The replay was right up right away. So on the ball, Beach Report this time. I was complaining about that. So I set it up in his room and I fast forward to it. And, um, and we, we um, get to the main event, and all of a sudden, I'm sitting in the living room, just kind of chilling out. And all of a sudden, I hear, an hour and a half after I set it up for him, all of a sudden, I hear, fucking Regal! <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing! Oh, my God! So, so yeah, yeah, this, yeah. This, this leads to question, gentlemen, is what happens now to the Blackpool combat? That's a good question. It's a very good question, actually. I don't have an answer to. I don't have an answer to that. Sal? Um... I don't know because I mean it's obvious that Mox is going to take his vacation finally. I'm finally, sure he's going to be yeah, good for him. Or at least for the holidays. For the holidays. <laughs> yeah, I would hope at least until January. Um, you know, there's that infighting between um, um, what's his face, Wheeler and uh, Daniel, Dan, Brian, yeah. Brian, yeah. Brian, Brian. Oh yeah, right. Um, you know, still do it. Year later, still do it. <laughs> Well, Claudio is like kind of just like in the middle there, and I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. We'll find out tonight. We'll find out tonight. I mean, uh-huh. do do you see the remaining members kind of circling the wagons and trying to figure out what to do next? Oh, by the way, I meant to ask Sal. Apparently, after the show, the Black Worm came out and reacted. How was that? What the, what happened there? Um. Oh, after the fact. You yeah, mean? after the match, after the show went off the air, because we didn't see any of this. I heard Rich talk about it. 
Yeah. Um. I mean, honest. I'm gonna be honest with you. I was already like out the door. Um, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Apparently, they came out and reacted to it because they didn't see it coming either. So apparently, that happens. We'll find out tonight. I guess on dynamite. The other news Blake told me about is the Blackpool Combat Club soccer jerseys. Oh yeah, those came out the next morning. Oh my God, they're right after the World Cup. They released brand spanking new. Um, soccer nits for the Blackpool Combat Club the morning, the next morning for the World Cup. I'm like, you cannot have had worse timing for this promotion ever. <laughs> worse timing. It was it was Claudia wearing the brand did, new did, Blackpool Combat Club soccer not, nits. Someone <laughs> didn't get the memo, I guess. I oh my god, know. it was amazing. So let me, look, one more thing before we get to because we're running out of time. I look at the clock. We gotta speed up a little bit here. Um, because okay. Sal's gotta go get his car. So let's go finish this up. One more thing I want to mention from um. From Full Gear. So we had the post. The last time we did a post show press conference on this show, we had the CM uh, yeah, Punk situation. But by the way, apparently Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, came there with his own food. So he's sitting there doing this really serious thing while snacking on stuff. <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> I think he was also making fun of Punk. It made me laugh. But anyway, so MJF comes out. And this is the entire media call of MJF. Zip. Zip. I'm going to play this clip. It's literally two minutes. This is the whole thing of him coming out. Thank you, Buster, for putting this up on Twitter. AEW is now destination television once again. The ship has been steered properly once again. This belt is now the most important belt in this entire sport. And it states the three letters. And it damn sure ain't AEW. I know for a motherfucking fact it ain't MOX. It's MJF. God damn you people are fucking dumb, man. No offense. No offense. You had sympathy. Morons bit on every single word I had to say this past couple of months, huh? I wanna earn it. I wanna fuck that. I deserve it. Cause I'm the best wrestler in the fucking world. And every single one of you know it. On the microphone, in the ring, nobody can touch me. That's a fact. Nobody is on my level. And then, do you think you guys still believe me when I put over this motherfucker this past Wednesday? Grow the fuck up. No offense. Grow up. Now let's talk a little bit, huh? Uh, MJF, what's going on with you and Regal? You know, we're all really interested. What's going on? How'd that breakup start? You think I'm gonna tell you, you dumb motherfuckers? Huh? With 70,000 fucking hardcore marks watching at home, jerking off in their grandma's basement? Huh? To my velvet voice? You think I'd give a shit? No, if you wanna know anything, about the most important man in professional wrestling, you gotta tune in to the MJF show. That's every Wednesday on TBS. And you know damn well that is now Destination TV. Now, here's what's gonna fucking happen, okay? I'm gonna take a shower. I'm gonna get all of Moxie's disgusting hepatitis A through Z off of me. And then, in the morning, I'm gonna do what nobody else on the roster does because I'm the only real fucking star here. I'm gonna hop on a jet and I'm gonna go to my goddamn movie set. Anybody got any questions? Huh? Just kidding. Thank you. Fuck you. Bye. Champs fucking out, baby! All right. <laughs> that was it. That was the whole press call. Press call for we didn't miss any words. Oh my god, that was amazing. <laughs> By the way, the funniest part is if you watch it, you can see him in the background. It's his Jersey Legends in the background as he's walking past it. <laughs> that's the 
absolutely hilarious. So that's it. That's full gear. I, I don't know what else is going to happen, but that is what happened this past week. So let's do this. I'm going to hit this, and we're going to get into the last part of our show, which won't take nearly as long, because there's not a whole lot to talk about. By the way, I love the fact that they did all this promotion with um, War Pigs for the last couple of weeks. And then they have another Ozzy song as the other song. I'm like, no, no, we're using War Pigs on the show. Fuck it. We're using War Pigs. Like, that's how we're doing things. It is WWE Survivor Series War Games. It's Yay. the official title of the show. So let's get through this show. There's not a, there's not a whole lot of matches to talk about, so this won't take us that long to get through. Uh, first of all, we have the Miz versus Dexter Loomis in a match that we, we did get this fucking match over with to have Dexter win. Sal, what do you think? Yep. <laughs> Dad? Definitely. All definitely. right. Um, I, I'm disappointed that we're getting this match and not like a Survivor Series elimination match for the Judgment Day and um, in the OC. I, I, I really wanted that, but we said put the women into the um into the working match instead. So AJ Styles versus Finn Balor, um, I really, really was hoping for a tag match here. Just because I want, I love watching Dominic Mysterio be Dominic Mysterio right now. I absolutely love it. Um, it's my favorite. It's like a, it's like a fucking guilty pleasure for me on Raw right now. I love watching him. It's so funny. But um, I actually don't see AJ winning this match. He's been winning, Dad. I would like to see AJ, but in order to keep the breath alive in the Judgment Day, uh, Finn's gonna win. Absolutely, Sal. Um, yeah, I, I think Finn winning would be the best option here yeah by far um by the way speaking of which they just announced um carl anderson's going to be at new japan on november at the next and at the end of at the next show i forgot what it's going to be they announced it's going to be him versus hikaleo at the next show officially <laughs> so that's interesting um that's interesting he's going to be doing one appearance before Wrestle kingdom but he's going to be defending about the hikaleo so that's interesting all right united states championship i did not realize this is a triple threat match because i was half asleep during raw most of this week because raw was not that good this week and i was half awake during it so i missed when it says announced this is a triple threat match but it is a triple threat match it is um seth rollins um taking out austin theory and bobby lashley in a triple threat match for the united states championship Normal circumstances, based on storyline, I would say Austin Theory is winning the belt here because of how the storyline's going. I don't see that, though. I see Seth retaining. Dad, go ahead. No, I'm going to be different. I'm going to say that uh, Austin gets it because he's going to let the two other guys basically knock the bejeebers out of each other. He's going to be there to pick the bones. <laughs> bejeebers. There's a word. There's be a word for you. Um, Sal? Yeah, um, it's going to be Seth Rollins getting a sneaky win. Yeah, and, and the crowd's going to love it. That's the best part. I, I thought about Seth Rollins' rude face turn. Is that he hasn't changed at all, but the crowd loves him now. It's so much fun. <laughs> um, SmackDown Women's Championship. It's Ronda Rousey with Shayna Baszler in her corner. That's a new thing going on. Taking on Shotzi. There's no chance of taking the belt off Ronda, Sal. <laughs> Shotzi, really? Yeah, it's not. Um, this is not happening. This is happening. If Shotzi wins... I will pierce right. the wait, 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 wait. Say it again, because Dad talked over you. If, if Shotzi wins, I will pierce my nose. Okay. Okay, this one, this one is on the record. You know I'm going to with that video. Uh, <laughs> Dad, your thoughts? Wow. <laughs> uh, 
No, I don't see them getting the belt off Ronda. But what I do see down the road is I see Sheena turning on Ronda and them feuding for the belt. I don't see that happening until maybe next year at the earliest. The only thing I can see that happening is maybe if they have Shayna win the Rumble. That'd be interesting. Now, that would be an intriguing story. That'd be yes. interesting how that would work. But we'll see what happens with that in January. Um, war Games. We have two War Games matches. Well, yeah, yeah. we'll do the men's one first because the women's one's not complete. So the men's match, we have the Bloodline. It is Roman Reigns, the Usos, Solo Sokoa, and everyone's favorite, Sami Zayn. Um, Sami Uso. Yeah, Sammy Uso, Sammy, Sammy, what was it? Sammy in the sky with diamonds. That was what he said. That was what he said on Friday. I, I almost fell out of my chair. <laughs> Sammy in the sky with diamonds. <laughs> I didn't expect that one. Um. Anyway, versus the brawling brood, Sheamus, Ridge Holland, and Butch, with and Drew McIntyre and Kevin Owens. By the way, it's so cool to see Sheamus and Drew McIntyre on the same page again. It's so awesome to watch that yes. as a person yeah. who loves their feud. I love the back row together. Yes. Uh, matter of fact, on Friday they're having a match with Sheamus and Drew versus the Usos for the um, the uh, advantage for this match. In fact, mm-hmm. they're promoting the brothers versus brothers by blood by brothers by friendship. It's really cool. Like I think that's really cool that they're doing that as promotion I, for the Thanksgiving week. Kind of, I kind of liked it on on Raw and how Kevin was doing commentary, and basically, I think the question was, "Well, aren't you good friends with Sammy?" He goes, "Well, you know, we're like brothers." Brothers fight. Yeah, I like the fact that he's not worried about Sammy. He wants Roman. I think that's the best part about yeah. the storyline for Kevin. Yes. yes. Um, so, okay, someone's to note something that's brought up on a podcast today. Roman Reigns has not been pinned in two years at all. At any level. Has not been pinned. He lost one match in two years. It was by disqualification. He has not been pinned in a tag match. He hasn't been pinned in anything. So, just want that out there for predictions. Sal, your thoughts. How is this match going to go? I was thinking when you have a situation like this, it's the easy thing to do is have the bloodline lose just to give Roman that loss without having him like lose a title or whatever. I don't think that's going to be the situation here. Um, I think that the bloodline is going to reign supreme, pun intended, and um, I think they are going to win, and um, it's going to continue this... Kevin Owens kind of who pins who thing who pins who might happen. Who, oh, let's see who pins who who submits who. I don't know what the rules of this match are. So who gets the actual like finish? Who gets the win? Um, I think I would think Roman will get Kevin. I okay. mean, fair enough. Uh, fair enough. Wise, you know, fair enough. I'm leading. I'm torn between two finishes. I'm torn with Sheamus, um, pinning Sami Zayn. And then the bloodline being pissed at Sammy for losing. I also have Sammy being the winner and pinning KO or pinning Sheamus or one of them or Drew and he being the hero and then Jay being pissed about it on SmackDown. <laughs> I'm actually leaning towards that for storyline reasons only. I'm leaning yeah. towards that having Sammy be the victor out of all this chaos that he's the one that wins it for the bloodline. That's where I'm leaning because it'd be the best storyline purposes for it. Dad, where do you stand? <laughs> I'm going to go something different. I'm going to say that basically it's going to be Kevin pinning Sammy. Which is a great and option. The great option too. Loses, and then Jay gets upset because Sammy was the one that lost the match. That's another great option. That's another good storyline twist. That's another really good storyline twist. I can't argue that. I can't even argue that. Option. I love the fact that there's so many options for this match. It's actually yeah. really cool that there's so many options. So let's get to the women's. It is damage control. Um, Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Io Sky with 
Nikki Cross, and Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, Asuka, Michigan Mia Yim, and um, okay, and and question mark. Let me just clarify this real fast. According to WWE.com, she is still Mia Yim. Her Michigan name is only for the OC. It's the it's the nickname that she the nickname for the OC. That's her nickname for the OC. That is what's going on here. There's a lot of confusion, but that's what's happening. It, why do they change the website for three hours? Because someone was confused and it was fixed. And Mia actually had to explain it on the bump today. So that's exactly what happened here. So Mia Yim is still Mia Yim, despite all the weird shit that was going on on Twitter on Monday night. Um, who is the mystery person and who gets the pin or whatever? Finish. Sal, go. Um, mystery person, I'm going to say, is going to be Charlotte. Okay. Because it just feels like she's just going to re... She's like Mariah Carey at Christmas time. She's just like, <laughs> show up. It's just a matter of when. Um, and who's winning? I say Bailey. Okay. Winning Bianca. All right. All right. I can see that. I totally see that. I'm more leaning towards Becky Lynch being the mystery person, which is why they're saving it for SmackDown because it's going to be the most watched show. It's their most watched show of the week. And I think it's going to be Becky. I think Charlotte's going to come back at the Rumble. That's why I think she's coming back. She'll pop up at the Rumble. Um, and the piss already off because the music's gonna hit the rumble and be like, oh, Charlotte. I can't wait for that to happen. But <laughs> uh, no, I think Becky Lynch's gonna be I think she's back. They haven't heard a damn thing from her since she got her at SummerSlam, which makes me believe she's coming back soon because she hasn't posted anything on social media lately. The big music's coming back soon. <laughs> and one of the things she posted about was her being on Young Rock. That's the only thing she posted about was her being Cindy Lauper and Young Rock. So, like, she hasn't posted a lot since all I got. So, I'm gonna go with Becky Lynch and Becky and Bianca and them get the win. Um, I almost think if they're gonna have Becky come back, you have Becky, um, Becky pin Bailey. I don't know why. I just, just something I'm leaning towards. Way weird things happen. Yeah, where do you go? I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I think the mystery person is gonna be Becky Lynch, and she wants to be queen of Raw again. What better way is to take out the damage control one by one? Fair enough. Fair enough. We'll see how this goes. So that is War Games. I'm excited for War Games. I'm not going to lie. I'm really excited for it. And we're actually going to order our wings. We were supposed to order last week, but Dad wasn't feeling well, so we didn't want to order wings, but he wasn't feeling well. So we're going to order wings this week, finally, and do that for the show. So let's close the show here. We're going to end it. I wanted to end something Christmassy, but I, I didn't want to be an asshole and Mariah Carey, because I know what you guys, guys song drives you guys fucking crazy. I was thinking about it. It was on the register that I changed it at the last second. I changed it at the last second. Um, I actually decided I'll end the show with um with a song from the Polar Express. Which is CJ's favorite Christmas movie. It's our Christmas Eve tradition to watch Polar Express with him. So I'm looking forward to that this year. Um, this is actually uh, Matthew Hall and Megan Moore singing When Christmas Comes to Town from the Polar Express. Yay. So we'll end it with that. Sal, take it away. Uh, for more information on our show, including where you can hear our show, go to theblankestalkshow.com, our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok pages. Woo-hoo. You should add that now uh, and comment or leave a rating or review. We'll read it on the show. Oh, by the way, I, mean, oh, I forgot to mention this earlier. We, I, I don't know what's going on with Twitter. I have no idea what's going on with Twitter right now. We do have accounts, like a South Show accounts, on Mastodon and on Hive. So if you're looking for us and you're jumping Ooh. over to these new servers, we are on both of them. Mm-hmm. I haven't done anything on them yet, but they're on, we are on both. So if you follow us over there, if you're, if you're going over to one of those places, find us. <laughs> Elon Musk has no idea what's going on with Twitter. Well, I'm just, I just, some people are jumping over to Hive and Mastodon. So we're on both of them. I want to make sure we had accounts before, like, it got really nuts over there. So we're on both of them. So, all right. Um, that's your thing. Hey, as always, it's been your pleasure. And uh, if you happen to have a local independent wrestling organization where you live, 
featuring these young men and women they are coming up in the business of professional wrestling sports entertainment they'll be amazed on what they can do how they can entertain you and they're going to go to that bigger and better echelon by going to different and better companies you'll and hopefully there'll be a wrestling superstar in the near future at some organization other company that you go to so and uh hey everyone be safe and Let's make it through this week, please. Let's um, enjoy the holiday season, actually. We're getting the holiday season started, finally. The Christmas season officially started. Because by the time you guys hear this, Santa will have got entered Macy Square. And that's, in my opinion, after Christmas officially starts. <laughs> All hey, right. Did I hear right? Is now Toys R Us are coming back in Macy stores? That, that, that's not new. That, that's been going on all year. That's been going on all Where year. Where happened to have any old shorts? Take and go... Okay, we gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta go. Next week, okay, we'll be back to look back at Survivor Series War Games and see what AEW has planned for winter is coming because we don't even know what the main event of that match show is yet. We don't even know yet. So we'll find out all the next week's show. Let's get out of here. I'm Blake. I'm Mark. I'm Sal. I'm Drew. That's right here. <laughs> I said it. I'm I didn't hear you. I didn't hear oh, you. Okay. <laughs> and you've been listening to the Blake and Sal Show with Mark. Have a good day, everybody. Bye. Have see fun you. getting Brittany for. Thanks. I listen all around the herald angels sing. I never hear a sound. And all the dreams of children once lost will all be found. That's all I want when Christmas comes to town. That's all I want when Christmas comes. Thank you so very much. Goodbye, and good night. <laughs> <laughs>